Hi everyone and welcome back to the Miss Spirituality podcast. Welcome if you are new to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Um, so I wanted to go into a little bit about what this podcast is today. It is actually part three in the series of answering our listeners' questions. We've been really enjoying doing those. Um, I think it's really fun to go and hear what everybody's experiencing when they are first entering or maybe have been experiencing um, integrating spirituality into their life. And you guys have such great questions that I feel like uh, it's just been so enlightening to me to be able to talk to and and hear what is going on in everybody's life and hear the synchronicities and just the wonderful insight that each one of you has. Um, but specifically on this podcast, we invited um, a listener, Brittany. She actually is new to the podcast and I've, I personally met her um, through work and she just had some really great questions about um, some esoteric things, some spirituality. And I thought that this was a great opportunity to invite her on to talk to me and my sisters and just have a conversation. Um, It's an all woman episode today. And just to hear what it's like for people and women um, who are actually on their spiritual journey. She's not she has started her journey, I think she mentions, probably about two years ago. But again, when I say that, it's just more of the point in which you've acknowledged that there is something different about the path you're on and your connection to spirituality. So she had um, some great questions as someone who is starting to experience synchronicities or in terms of tools and just like reflective things on life. And we had so much fun on this episode, Um, but just wanted to explain the setup. Um, We are recording video now. And so at this point where you are starting the episode, we did start the episode a little bit before that, but it didn't quite record. So you guys are actually entering this episode in a spot that might be a little awkward and you may miss the context at first, but you will catch on pretty quickly. So this episode also is broken up into two parts. We had this great conversation and there's just so much of the conversation I think is so relevant, Um, but it's a lot. It's a couple hours, so um, you will hear part one. Uh, today and hear our conversations and I think it went really well I think you guys will enjoy it Um, so at this point in which you're entering uh, we were talking about synchronicities in terms of music so just how music plays a role and and how it was showing up certain songs or lyrics and I feel like that is something I've experienced so often but didn't really ever I guess talk about so much so that's where you guys are starting um please enjoy this episode and uh I hope you 
we'll come back for part two where it gets really good. Um, Thank you again. Enjoy. Yeah, I would say uh, kind of, kind of continue to, to uh, write down like the songs and the lyrics that pop out to you because I do believe there's a message there and um and it's I I mean I also feel like I've experienced that too like certain songs certain parts like certain lyrics or certain things in the song will like stand out to me at a certain moment and I'll just like feel it and then I I think that's the beauty of art is that you can connect with it on that level but I also feel that it's whether it's something spiritual or your subconscious it's con- you're connecting with it on that level and I think that that's important you know there's some importance to that message so yeah yeah I, I completely agree with that I feel I have a term that I use because I'm the type of person that is very skeptical like you um, where I was like I would always point it out to my friends like you hear that right like you hear that this song is literally what we're talking about right now that this played and I call it my life soundtrack (laughs) so you know like like a movie right isn't that how it feels (laughs) like the right song the same thing so I was like you know what worst case scenario this is my like soundtrack movie or it's the soundtrack to the book I want to write and (laughs) (laughs) I like that because I mean and in the same regards I, I believe what everyone else is saying too in the same light like this is the soundtrack to your experience right now in whatever way you want to look at it it's hitting you subconsciously and also feels like a lot of messages whatever it is something's trying to talk to you and communicate with you so it's either you or the universe but either way it's grabbed your attention I think that's a good enough reason to start taking note now what exactly it means that's part of the beauty and deciphering it, which I think is great that you're writing it down because unlike me, like I'm not a good student. (laughs) So it's like, I specifically ask for things to reoccur like a series of times before I'm like, yeah, that's a really good habit to have. And also I personally feel that language, English in general, they don't always have the right words to communicate what you're feeling and experiencing. So that's why we have art, that's why we have music. And I've often spoken to people by sending them songs. Like, here's a sentence of songs, which can take up a lot of like time for somebody, but there's something to the melody and the lyrics and the emotions and to every individual person, they'll connect with some aspect of the song more than all of them, but you're a writer. So you're connecting to lyrics because the words in themselves are they mean something more you're looking between what maybe is just being said there's some message like like I think Carol was saying like there's something hidden or Chrissy was saying like there's a hidden something if you notice if somebody is hiding their emotions in what they're saying a lot of times people have a hard time like expressing themselves well or have a hard time breaking their composure And they'll hold themselves back emotionally. So you can actually listen to something somebody tells you. And I wouldn't say go crazy with this, but you can watch them 
say a sentence to you and energetically you feel there is a secret message underneath the words they say to you that means something a little bit more in detail or is implying something. You probably also might find this with like people you're close to. You know how you can give somebody a look and you're like, it's the same, same idea. So I feel like that in itself is another maybe sensitivity. Like Christy was saying, you are picking up on the nuances, the energetic nuances of things. Um, in terms of meaning, it is part of the fun. It reveals itself to you. Like it's exposing your subconscious to you. It's exposing your emotions, which again, I think we are not always aware of where we're at. And also it makes life fun. For me, I'm like, I don't care. I love a soundtrack. I love music though. And I like lyrics. Like, so I'm like, it really is. It makes everything more interesting. If life's a movie, then yeah, why not have a soundtrack to it? But also I would say have a detachment to the message because I do think something's communicating. So allow it to come through. Like you can also be demanding in your messages with yourself or and the universe and whatever you believe, you know, like you can be like, like I said, I, I'm not a good student in being like, oh, I completely, I'm gonna write this down, it's relevant. I'm like, my, I gave myself a number. If I see something three times, three times for me, absolute, three times in a way that I can't deny that that is what it is. If something is kind of like it, but isn't quite, I'm like, that doesn't count. No, forget it, I'm not gonna, like it has to be, if it's something important for me, to acknowledge and there's something to be said or understood. I, I come up with like, like rules and regulations and standards. That's how I bypass feeling crazy. I'm like, nope, literally been way out of what I feel is normal. This is my number. This is my like threshold for what is normal and what isn't. So I'm like, okay. But even then I'm like, I'll take no, I'll write it down. It's important. Like, let's see what else happens. But that's like, it's kind of like, it's, participating in life a bit more I feel makes it fun so there's no harm either way you look at it right I'm gonna take that I'm gonna ask for things three times well I was gonna say seven times but that's so many times eventually I'm gonna be like yeah there it is again <laughs> uh, but also to the music and the words uh my love language is words of affirmation so I just think it's always really funny mm. it's interesting uh, so um, I was going to say what they don't know about you is that, you know, one of, if, do you want to like explain a little bit about like writing and what that means to you? I think I just think writing, know what writing means to me. I know when I was younger, it was a huge avenue for how I expressed myself because I was very, 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 very quiet. Um, and I think you know, at one point I wanted to be a theater, like I told myself I wanted to break out of my quietness. So I joined a drama club and from there I majored in the theater and then moved to Chicago and got jobs in theater administration. And now I'm like, I've quit all of that and went to like technology because <laughs> I couldn't deal with theater anymore. Um, and I think the one thing I've realized is that, you know, writing was a great way for me to validate my emotions, but also to put all of my like very fast mind and thoughts into onto paper because since I have ADHD, it sometimes is really hard for me to grasp what I'm 
it, it's really hard for me to sometimes say what I want because it's always just a huge ramble of things or I'm struggling to, ca to catch my words or because I used to grow up so quiet, I fear saying the wrong thing. And so for me, writing has always been that avenue where I can always say my authentic, I can always authentically say what's on my mind. But because of that, you know, my family's always like, Brittany, stop writing paragraphs to us on Messenger. Brittany, stop doing this. <laughs> um, so I write too much, but it's my way of being able to ex fully express myself. And I told myself for my New Year's resolution that I wanted to write a book, even if it's very short, even if it's just nothing. Um, I wanted to be able to write something and I haven't really gotten that far, uh, but I, you know, every time there's something that happens, I write it down in any type of notebook I have. So in this case, I have this like follow your heart thing. And I was like, this is my dedicated notebook to like writing something. Um, and what I keep telling myself in order not to like get heartbroken that a cute barista won't ask me out. Um, is that even if things don't work out that way, I can instead use him as a muse for a story idea, um, which is something, it's a combination of just a, a fantasy coffee shop, spiritual journey type of story that I'm thinking of. Um, and it's my form, I feel like, of getting back into my creative side. Uh, the really hard thing about trying to work full-time in something that was your creative at like way for you to be vocal like for theater I wanted to be an actress I wanted to be a director and then eventually it wasn't stable so I figured I could do the back end of it and just be an administration and the hard thing about that is an administration you're just staring at a computer all the time you're just everything gets really hard everything's too serious and when you work in the creative arts you don't have time for anything else. And when I was in theater, I realized I was very, very unhappy. The thing that gave me a voice was consistently taking away my voice. I didn't have time to write anymore. I didn't have time to draw or paint. Um, and now that I've, I'm like one month out of theater and the performing arts, I'm slowly getting that motivation again to want to be creative, to take on projects, to want to write again. And it makes me angry because my uncle always said, make your like hobby, just your hobby and not your career. And it's hard to hear that when you want it to be your career, but you know, five years into it, I can say, I've tried it. <laughs> I've gone as far as I can. I can say I've worked for like really big theaters in Chicago, but I want to be stable financially and I want to be happy and I want to be creative again because that's who I am on the inside. And when something you thought would spark life into you basically takes all of your sparkle away, you have to realize when to step away from it and when to do what's best for you in order to be creative again. And so I think what's great about leaving the industry, even though it was hard, is that I've always thought I was only good at theater. But then I took some time and some self-reflection and realized You've always been a writer. You always wanted to write a book. And you know what you haven't done since college? Read a book, nor write a book. And maybe this is your opportunity to, well, in addition to finding yourself and getting into spirituality, use spirituality as 
part of the road towards getting back into your creative side. So um, I think that's a little bit about me in writing <laughs> that I've just discovered just now. <laughs> oh, I love that. I knew like, I didn't know all of that, but yeah, no, that was really well explained. I think that interestingly enough, we can all relate to that very deeply in, in one way or another. We all have artistic backgrounds. Carolina has graduated with a fine arts degree. She's painted and things. Christina also appreciates art photography, but she's in fashion. So, and I went to school for multimedia production. So like we all have our, and we all kind of go back and forth between certain things. Cause I feel like if you're an artist, you know that you do tend to have your one real big passion, but you do a little bit of everything. And the more you can engage with an, your artistic side in that artistic brain, the better. So like nobody likes to be boxed in. And I can completely relate to, for me, in one regard, I don't like stipulations to what I have a passion for. I don't want to work under people's rules. And so I can fully get that like, you know, that could, that could kind of suck the, the life out of the creativity, you know, and I completely get that. And I'm sure, like, a lot of people could definitely see themselves in that, you know, same mindset. I've definitely been there. I, like Olga was saying, I went to school for fine arts, and I, I specifically special, specialized in painting, like using acrylic paints. Um, and you know, I took it on as a full-time job um, earlier in my career. And like you, I, I, I felt specifically like burnt out. And it was something that kind of originated from this passion and this spiritual place when I decided to become an artist. Um, and so I guess making it a full-time thing was hard. I knew that I couldn't just do that. I needed to have um, at least a side job to supplement that income. And and even even now, I feel like that creative side never leaves you. Even when you're doing like the full-time job thing that's not creative at all, um, somehow I feel that my passion for art still comes back to kind of show me the way back home pretty much. And now it's a choice to make the time for it, to invest in it. And sometimes that looks like small baby steps. Like, you know, I'm not going to go full out and do like 12 pieces in one night. I've been there. <laughs> it definitely like takes a lot of energy out of your body, but we can start like with small steps. Like we can start drawing and just feeling that passion back in there. And I don't, I don't think that passion ever leaves us ever. And now I, I don't think it should be just like one way. I think I need to recreate it in a way where it's manageable for me, that it's something that I can call my own. It's something that's for me first and foremost. And if the world sees it, that's great. That's just the cherry on top. But it, it's more of like a reflection of me and my spirituality and my inner self where it has to stem from. So, and I, I've heard the same advice, like, <laughs> you know, um, at the time I was dating an, an artist and um, 
his next door neighbor was like, I think she was Polish, and she was like, two artists, no money. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I'll never forget that, but, um, you know, I believe in hard work and honest hard work. But I, I also think that that passion, like if you're working really hard, that you don't want to stay in that stuck position to just work hard. You need to have that passion and artistic balance to not keep you stuck in that nine to five job. You know what I mean? So I think it's a, it's a balance between those two lives for me personally. And that's what I would say, you know, it's there, it's in you. It always has been. And it doesn't have to look like a specific way, the way they taught it to us in school. Um, and what I was going to mention is now uh, self-publishing is so big right now. I mean, you'll see YouTubers talking about it. They'll self-publish mm -hmm. their own books. And that could be a great opportunity for you to do it your way and to have more people read it and be inspired by you. So. Yeah, I will. I didn't even think about self-publishing. That's really cool. The first part means writing it. <laughs> yes. And I've heard, I've heard that when people are, you know, writing stories about themselves and they go back to their memories, they're actually reliving these memories, you know, through writing. So I've heard that and that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, um, I liked your connection with your art, like your writing and your, in your spirituality. I think that's, I, I think that that's a good point, you know, and I don't think a lot of people realize how their artistic um, way of being is connected to their spirituality. I mean, that's beautiful. And um, what you said about your writing and how you're taking these stories, even if it's a story you can use to your, for your writing, it's like you're using it. In, in those ways and I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I think I completely agree. Um, they have a lot in common actually, like an artistic person has a lot in common with somebody who's on a spiritual journey and they are one in the same because as an artist, it's not something you can fake. Like if you're genuinely trying to produce and do what artists do, you can't force that. It has to come when it's there, it's a spark, it's like life you know, that you give to you, whatever you're creating, it doesn't matter what art form it is, that's not something you could fake. And same thing with spirituality. So it makes a lot of sense that a lot of people go through these, like spirituality to me specifically, personally, everybody has their own idea of what that means. And I'll ask you in a minute, but for me, it was a, it's a self-discovery. It doesn't mean anything. I learn a lot and I research a lot, but all those things I use to understand myself more. And I am very stubborn. So very much like you, when I started my spiritual journey, even this podcast, I like, I wanted to create something and I still have my vision and what I feel compelled to create with all of this. Um, but I decided I didn't want my life to be separate from that. I wanted my, I wanted my 
life and my job and everything I did to infuse who I was. And I don't think that works for everybody though. I think some people need that sacredness, that place that's like a, a special place for them to be authentic and to that no one can speak on or no one can tailor their authentic expression. So a lot of artists do struggle with that, but good for you for like not trying to force yourself when you're not ready to express. When you have something to say, you will say it. And I think that's something that goes, you know, underestimated a lot of the times. And I, and I do think that like being forced to produce is not always a healthy thing. So sometimes like having just a stable job is enough because you want that separate. You're like, I don't want to think about this again. This is getting in the way of who I am and my, my creativity. This needs to be eliminated. I don't need this worry to interfere. So that is also part of your spiritual journey. It's part of your creative journey too. It doesn't mean you, you don't have both of those things existing. You have just separated them in the way that they don't contaminate each other anymore. And that's also something you're, it's not that it's ended. You, I think when it comes to spirituality and when it comes to your purpose, your life purpose. And someone said to me, which I thought was a very good distinction between the two is that your job and your career sometimes are two different things. Like a job is a job, but your career, even your spiritual path, like that's something that you, all of you can be put into, you know? And when that's ready to develop, then it gets developed and also in some ways it's like being a parent, which I am a parent, but like you do what it takes to get stuff done. There is no question. And as an artist, you start to, as you get older, you start to realize like, I'm, I can't be any other way than what I am. Some people have the ability to conform and take on roles and do it very seamlessly. And they're completely happy with that. But there are some people who are just, no matter how much they try, they are who they are and fighting themselves doesn't work. So you're like, this is just the way I am, actually am. I can't be any other way. So I find a, a lifestyle, I find a way of working around that that allows me to be me. And I think that's a noble thing. I don't think that means, not that you were saying that, but I don't think it means like that you aren't living those two lives. So you definitely are. It's just now you get creative. When you want something, you find a way to make it work. So yeah, I think that's really great. I, I think that's really interesting what you mentioned about uh, it, it's different, I guess, from people saying like, oh, this is just the way I am. I think, especially since finding spirituality that I am working on myself, I've realized that, you know, I, I am the person that is just quirky with ADHD and I make random conversations with strangers, partly because that's who I've always wanted to be because that's how my grandfather was. He knew everyone in town, in our small town, and I always aspire to be like him, but I was too shy to do it. And I think over the past year, I realized, why can't I be that way? That's how I want to be. I want to be quirky. I want to be, uh, and especially in America, I studied abroad in South Korea as a disclosure, but when I was in Korea, I felt very accepted because grown women can wear cutesy things and be okay with it. You can have your apartment have stuffed animals and it'd be totally okay. But then in America, there's the standard that like, if you're 30 years old, your apartment has to look like a 30 year old. And so something that I've been trying to work on is that once I do get out of this horrible part of the apartment building and move into another one, 
I told myself, I'm just going to explode serotonin everywhere in my apartment. It's going to be colorful. It's going to be cutesy. It's going to be completely me because while I am single with no kids, why not be the way I've always wanted my apartment to be? You know, my apartment right now is like boho chic and it's fine. And, but what I find is that it's not truly me. And it's the same with the styles over the past couple years in Chicago, because I had an art job, but I couldn't dress artsy because I didn't have enough money for it. This job is a good job that I have now. And it affords me the creativity to start like buying dresses that I can get from mod cloth or something more vintage. You know, I think what's beautiful that I'm realizing is that I was always taught since I came to Chicago to like, just get a job, just get a job in corporate. It's going to pay well and just have it. I was stubborn. <laughs> I can connect with Olga on this. I was very stubborn. I said, no, I'm going to make my dreams work. And I did. I can at least proudly say that, but I kind of wonder, you know, I guess we can't wonder what ifs because things happen for a reason and I'm only stronger because of it. But now I feel like I needed to be stubborn for four years, four and a half years, um, five years. <laughs> I needed to be stubborn for five years to grow up, to learn lessons and to grow. And now I feel like as I go on my five-year anniversary here in Chicago, I'm like, I want a colorful apartment. I want to say whatever I want to say and just say it like it is and not have to sugarcoat things. I want a corporate job where I'm able to afford to look nice and be colorful and have a colorful apartment. And I also want to be able to just get to know people in the city. I don't want to be afraid of the city like I was five years ago. Um, and that's just who I am. And I've suppressed it for many years because society says I can't be that way. But what I've learned is that life is really short. <laughs> and, you know, you, we could be gone tomorrow. And thinking back on life, you're like, gosh, I wish I hadn't thought I needed to have a grown up apartment or, you know, do this or this. And so I'm really grateful so far for this spiritual journey, even though it's not easy <laughs> um, at all. Uh, I feel like there's many nights where I'm just crying and I'm like, I don't understand what this is happening. What did I do wrong? Um, <laughs> but I feel like it's, it's a beautiful journey because kind of like what Olga said, even though I'm not understanding the messages, it's making life more fun than just being miserable, trying for something that was never really me. So uh, Olga, I really appreciate that because that really made me start thinking in my head. And you can also start asking those questions because I'm done with mine. <laughs> Are you ready for questions I have for you? Oh, not really, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what would be good, good context considering that we've learned a lot about you, but I feel like everybody's wondering, like, what started your spiritual journey? How did that even start? And after that, what is your spiritual journey? Like, what does spiritual journey even mean to you? Oh, this is either hard. one first. Hard question. Um, oh, um, um, how did it start? Oh, okay. I know how it started. Um, no, do I? I don't know. Okay, so I was in a two-year two-year relationship with someone that. I thought I would spend the rest of my life with. Um, I think maybe a year and a half into it, 
my my intuition was just not right like I something was wrong I just felt like actually probably a year into it well I guess not because the pandemic kind of the beginning of the pandemic kind of skewed things a bit but I think a year and a half into it something was just off I just did not feel like if this was true love if this was my soulmate things should not it should not be this hard like I know relationships take work but it felt like I don't know I felt like he became a totally different person or maybe he was the he was in front he was wrapped up in a pretty present but then as you opened it you started to realize that he really wasn't who he was and so I like started watching YouTube videos and I came across like YouTube tarot readers and I went yeah sure let's see what they can say about this relationship and just pick a card um and a lot of those pick a cards were like alluding to like this might not be the person or they're hiding something and of course me being stubborn in denial like okay I'm no more of YouTube they they're a lot they're liars I'm not doing this anymore um but funny part about that was I mean it all kind of ended up being kind of true like my ex was hiding secrets. There was something off. Um, we, our values and our ideas did not align. We didn't talk about anything serious. He never brought up about the future with us. And I wasn't being, I didn't have the words of affirmation. When I mentioned it, he thought the five love languages were stupid, but then would not talk to me about what he could do to make me feel loved. And I feel like because I was feeling down on myself, starting to get insecure, I kind of really delved deeper into those YouTube tarot readings. And then later that summer, I was like, I can't do this relationship anymore. So I ended it. And then along the way, I, there was just a lot of stuff happening that I'm like, semi-religious, but, but also adding into the spirituality of like, yes, I like religion, but something's not quite right with it. So then I was like, how do I combine it with something else? And along the way, I started finding myself and realizing maybe I can combine both of them. Um, and then I, I feel like over the past year, it's just been kind of like a picture. I don't know how to phrase this. I guess let's say this, like, it feels like I'm looking at one Okay, I'll phrase this as like what Carol has. Like, let's say Carol painted the picture <laughs> and <laughs> there is one spot I'm focusing on. I feel like most of my life I've been focused on just that one spot. But over the year, you know, my vision has been expanding as I learn more about myself, as I, you know, realize that my grandma was like really religious with five Bibles in her bed. There's an altar with Jesus and Mary and that we weren't allowed to have playing cards. But me looking at YouTube tarot readers was probably making her roll in her grave. <laughs> and then <laughs> over the time, I realized, but I was like, but I don't, I'm not doing that. This is making me feel so connected more to bigger things in the world. It's not, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinions on what they think people should believe. And over time, I realized, like, no, I really, I really like tarot cards. It's a great insight into what's happening. Like, you know, I don't have the answers and this kind of gives me just a glimpse of it. So then the picture, the painting starts expanding and I start seeing more of the picture. And then I start getting into, you know, 
trying to learn to meditate. I'm still not good at it. And then the picture expands more. And before I know it, I'm seeing so much more than I ever thought I could see in my entire life. And it makes you sit there and wonder, looking at the painting, like, where was this painting all along? Like, why was I so focused on that one spot? Um, and so I think that's the really cool thing so far. Like, for me, spirituality is, you know, I have my own little tarot deck. I'm not good at it at all. <laughs> you know, I'll draw cards and I'm like, I kind of know what this means. But then I'm like, if I draw like the three of swords, I'm like, I don't like that card. You're being, you're being put back into the deck. I, that means bad things for me because that's my no card for me. Um, but like, I don't want to know right now. Um, sometimes, you know, I'll, uh, sometimes I feel like when I'm like staging my apartment, I'm feeling a little bit like Harry Potter's <laughs> uh, with like a wand. So it feels like, like I'm a bit magical in a sense. Uh, part of my spirituality is just journaling a bit. Um, it's being okay being alone. I think the one hard part is that ever since not uh, breaking up with my ex, I've been telling myself, okay, moving forward, I'm not, I'm going to be very picky about who I allow in my life. I'm going to be very picky about who touches my body. I'm going to be very picky about who has access to me because I am sick of having just anybody in my space touching me. I'm sick and I'm sick of that attracting narcissists um, and men that are taking advantage of my kindness. And I need to learn to be more protective of myself. So I think part of my spirituality is just accepting who I am, but also like learning how to be like a almost 32 year old and like come into my own adulthood because I feel like because of the trauma I faced in my life I sometimes feel like I'm going backwards in time sometimes I feel like I grew up later than most folks because of the trauma I had so like right now even though I'm 32 part of me feels like I've healed my inner child through this whole spiritual journey, but now my inner teenager is coming out. So like, now I want a tattoo. Now I want a piercing. Uh, now I want to dress sexy, like, <laughs> or being a two-piece with some suit. And I keep telling myself, let that be part of my spirituality too. I went to the beach last Friday and I said, teenage me would have never been in a two-piece swimsuit, even though she's as thin as can be. And 32-year-old Brittany is almost like 160 pounds of insecure a little bit, but forget it. I'm going to go and I'm going to go to the beach with in front of my coworkers and wear a two piece bright, literally super bright pink two piece swimsuit and just put myself out there. And I did it. And I got so many compliments and my coworkers were hyping me up. And I think a lot of it's just making life more fun through spirituality and just discovering myself because it really makes me feel like life isn't just okay, I get up, I go to my job that I thought I would love because it's my thing I got my degree in and now I hate it. And now I'm going to eat lunch and now I'm going to do more work and now I'm going to go home and watch TV and dissociate and I'm going to go to sleep and then I'm going to start it all over again. And I think what's really cool, what weird, is that in the past two months where I feel like my spirituality has like heightened the most, I find it so hard to watch TV. I find it so hard to get into TV shows because I don't want 
like I want to do something else that's more engaging with my brain. Um, and I think that's beautiful because I used to be like a hardcore TV junkie. And now I'm thinking of things like, why don't you write? Why don't you listen to music? Why don't you look into spirituality, like, uh, you know, podcast and like YouTube and do be more productive with your time instead of just associating because you don't want to be a part of life. So I think that's a very long-winded way of like how I got into spirituality, what spirituality means to me. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was a lot of rambling. No, <laughs> it was perfect. I think we all very much relate to that. Like, yeah, you could just replace me and you in that description with a few exceptions, but isn't that funny? Like, I think part of it's when you talk to people and like referring back to the beginning when I was saying there's a lot of things you brought up for me that helps me remember a lot of things that I may have forgotten because you can, when you do anything for a long period of time, you can underestimate yourself. You can underestimate the journey. You can underestimate, like you can fall back asleep even if you're studying that. But like, I think it reminds me of when people say that like you could live in a city all your life, but when you have people visiting, you see the city in you again because you have to show them around. And you're like, oh, wow, I forgot, you know, that they have these things going on and this is here and that is pretty, you're right. It is, like you can get cynical about anything, you know, but like, you know, or you can fall asleep about anything and, and lose the, the motivation behind it. So hearing that is nice because I can definitely relate to it for sure. Especially the relationship issues. Yeah. I like that. that you mentioned um, like in your spiritual journey, you've, you've gone through your healing of your childhood and then you're going through the process of your teenage, you know, like what you would do as a teenager. I love that. Cause, um, I don't know. It's, it's a fun place to be, you know, when you're, when you're a child and when you're a teenager, you're, I don't know, you're, you're more open, you're more um, willing to experiment with things. You're more, um, you're just more like, what's the word? You're less restrictive, restricted with your, your thoughts, your way of being, you're just like open, you're ready for, for, for everything. You're, you're just in the moment, you know, and I, I like that. I think it's a perfect way to describe describe that. Uh, as a quick side note, um, I, I feel like uh, I had to grow up really fast. So I feel like I grew up really fast from like seven and onwards. And then when I was a teen, even if I wanted to be rebellious, I, my mom's a single mother. I didn't want to do that to her because my brother was always getting into trouble when he was younger. So I feel like last year I, I, I had a whole bunch of problems with my family because I was like standing up for myself. I was calling people out mm -hmm. on things they were doing that were hurtful and not okay. But then the whole family kind of treating me at some point like a black sheep. And I was like, why, why am I being in trouble for speaking the truth? Because no mm -hmm. one else wants to see it. And I kind of realized like now that that moment was like part one of my inner teenager. I feel like mm -hmm. when my, for example, my uncle uh, last summer, he said something that really triggered me because it was concerning my mental health, which I've worked so hard on, especially with therapy. Mm -hmm. 
And he basically was like, you know, everyone has anxiety, you're not special. Everyone has depression, you're not special. And hearing the the words of like, you're not special mm-hmm. was like so triggering because I literally just got diagnosed with a disorder. So like, yes, everyone has anxiety, but not everyone has an anxiety disorder. Not everyone has a depression disorder. And so you're consistently invalidating that makes me feel like you're invalidating my doctor who did all this it, like as, as someone that's also in the medical field it just seemed like you were like in disinvalidating somebody else in the medical field because it wasn't your forte um and so mm-hmm. I literally called him out on that I'm like I don't appreciate you invalidating my feelings and he's done this most of my life and when I did that my whole family just like kind of turned on me and I'm like no we need to stop saying this is okay yes you are family but that doesn't give you the right to say something that's hurtful just because you want to be right um mm-hmm. even when you don't have the facts and so I I felt like that was when my actually I'm realizing right now that was when my inner teenager came out <laughs> but I was like <laughs> you know what I was too shy as a teen to say something and now I'm going to fight for it um and then after the whole rest of the summer I felt like that's what probably ended not ended my relationships as many things but I feel like my inner team was the one that was like no you deserve better this wasn't the guy you dreamed dreamed about being with we're gonna we're gonna cancel this right now and I feel like (laughs) since then it's been kind of cool because I there's lots of things as a teen I wanted to do that I never got to do uh unfortunately I'm now realizing me getting blacked out drunk was also part of my inner teen (laughs) (laughs) I have never been blacked out drunk in my entire life and so uh thank you inner teen Brit for that lovely experience that I never (laughs) ever want to do again (laughs) gotta try it once right (laughs) well just just to be fair I didn't get my nose piercing until I was like in my late 30s so yeah that's true with the tattoo yeah yeah me too my nose piercing too I got like the criticism from someone who didn't even really mattered. Uh, they were like, oh, she's trying to live, you know, her 20s and her 30s. And like, yeah. But, you know, of course, it came from a guy, but it doesn't matter. It's 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 your <laughs> right to like, your own body, you know, right, it's your right, right to your own body. And that's something we're facing even now in our society right now. So. And good for you. I'm going to clap for you for sticking up for yourself. That is hard. That's Mm -hmm. like saying, you know, I am valuable. I am putting myself first. I love you. Mm -hmm. You're my family. But you know what? I'm important too. And Mm -hmm. so that that is so hard to do. It is. So go you. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we all very much relate to that. And in many ways, you know, I do feel like we can relate to not being able to experience our whole childhood the way that we may have needed. So like, it's reclaiming the life in its entirety. And for me, I'm like, okay, like I had to grow up fast. I was very like, weirdly mature for being so young. But I'm like, maybe I planned it that way so that I reverse age as I get older. I honestly (laughs) feel younger than I did before. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. yeah that's the goal I'm Which gonna you note, know I just wanted to say uh because I'm hearing your ages as things go on I already told Olga this when she like told me her age I would never ever ever would have thought you like Caroline you're like in your like how I don't know how old you are but none of you look like your ages and I am like so jealous and I hope I continue to age beautifully just as you three. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet <laughs> Thank I, you. 
they are my older sisters. What? That's all I'm gonna say. We don't have to tell anything else, but yes. Yep. I stopped counting after I hit a certain like decade. I was like, uh, I, I even forgot. So <laughs> <laughs> let's just leave it at that. Healing and being like, yeah, you're only as old as you feel, right? <laughs> and I and think, what did you know? To be fair, I think being creative helped me in so many ways, like spiritually, it kept me young, kept me creative. And I, I want to say like a lot of that had to do with my creativity is I think that creativity keeps you in a happy place, you know, mm -hmm. because something you're doing for yourself. I would also add to like eating well and treating yourself well, at least trying to, especially having gone through trauma, it's hard to do the day-to-day -day things that some people find easy. Um, so mm -hmm. I would say, you know, nutrition and art and, you know, some physical activity <laughs> in some form. Stress. Yeah, Ma there's nothing that ages you. Management. Nothing ages you more than a bad relationship. Like I've, I have photos to confirm that, a hundred percent. What there's they like said. Before and after. You want to lose <laughs> weight? You want to look younger? Get rid of the dead weight, and that is not what's on your body. Oh damn! That's what they say, and I have to a hundred percent agree. Hallelujah. No, it's true because if you think about it, when you're not where you belong, when it, and that's true of a job, mm -hmm. that's true of anything. True. And and there are yeah, certain jobs I mean, that will test your worth. Certain jobs, not even oh, like yeah. uh, romantic relationships, but even like job relationships, it will test your worth. They won't want to pay you what you deserve. And like you know, in your you know, in everyone's case, just fighting for what your worth is and that you are important and putting yourself first. It's sad that we have to do that, but we have to. That was my last job, and it's funny now, I've had some lunch dates with uh, friends that I haven't seen me in a while, and the last time they saw me was in that job, and the first thing they say to me is like, wow, you look great, wow, you're glowing, wow, you look so happy, and you don't even realize how much a job weighed you down, and just mm -hmm. leaves it stress. I was so stressed, I think last year, my skin took a huge dive of just like, I felt like, again, a teenager with acne everywhere. And it was because I was highly stressed 24 seven in a job that I wasn't happy in. Um, and it's only been four weeks and my, everyone can tell that I'm so much happier and that's insane. I, then you I made the right decision. Can. Yeah, you yeah. can tell no. it, it is, it is like, um, it is society and maybe it's an American thing here in the US, but like mm -hmm. they try, there's just this like idea that you need to fix yourself if you're not happy where you're at. You should be so grateful for crumbs. That's true in relationships too. Don't even get me started on that. But that's true mm -hmm. with anybody, any type of relationship, but they want to make you feel like, hey, if you don't endure this, there's something wrong with you. You better fix yourself. And you realize a lot of times you take the blame for a lot of shit that's not yours. Like, no, this is messed up. No, this is not working for me. No, I have, I've tried and it doesn't work for me. And it's literally kidding. That's killing me. It's my cells are like, just take me now. That's what happens. It's like, fine. If this is going to be life, I'd rather go quickly. And you can get sick. You'll get ailments. Like, the research that has been done on 
you know, trauma and like immune disorders is really makes me upset because I have a pretty big one. And it's like, I've thought about that a long time ago, your body and your spirit and your mind, they all like are very much affected by your environment, not even chemically, not just chemically alone. Like when you are not meant to be somewhere, you will see it. It's the message will be very clear and you can ignore it all you want, but your body things will just do everything to make you leave that, whatever it is that's causing you like discord, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're just taught to ignore that and just live the rest of our lives mm-hmm. like that until we don't have to work anymore. And unfortunately, that doesn't seem like it's much of a choice for us looking forward. It sounds like we're gonna be trying to make life work for us forever, you know? So, nah, I don't, you know, it's not easy, but I'm good for you for like being like, hell no I'm taking back my life like I'm from everyone from everyone because it's true like you're you're kind Mm -hmm. of trained to be compliant from day one you know from Mm -hmm. family everybody's comes before you and as a woman you know it's ingrained and so it's a lot of unlearning and so it is unraveling it's like growing up and catching up it's spiritual reincarnation and like you know i think that it's a good place to be I'm glad people are becoming brave enough to be you know living their authentic selves now or at least finding a place where they're like you know what I don't have a choice anymore there it's either this or nothing so good for you and it never ends not like I feel like oh yeah no I've totally mastered it not at all it's a growth but that's what makes it interesting you know you just poured <laughs> some for the homies well that's uh. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Maybe, maybe that's a sign in itself. So that's it for today's episode, um, part one. And I hope you will join us next time for part two. And don't forget to like and subscribe to never miss an episode. And you can follow us on social media at Miss Spirituality underscore podcasts.